welcome back to the Mixed Media Podcast. We've just gone over Ben's topic, which was about streaming platforms and uh, how they're pretty trash <laughs> for music. And uh, yeah, now I'll be talking about marketing your game, how to do it, and why it's super important and uh, overlooked, which I think it might be a surprise to some people if you don't overlook marketing. But you know, you have to remember that there are a lot of people who uh, are either new to the gaming industry or just don't look for knowledge, I guess. Because uh, this is definitely one of the topics you uh, at least run into pretty frequently if you're you know actively searching for okay, how do I how do I you know uh, release my game and stuff like that. Um, and the problem is a lot of people don't actually listen to it if they hear it or they just don't know at all. So yeah, I'm going to enlighten you on this topic. Uh, also, you can uh, I, I gave this plug last time, but it, you can, if you need some marketing help, you can go to uh, ariella.co. Uh, and I true. get free consultations. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. First, why do you need marketing? Uh, I'm going to go over the, the uh, I split into three sections. So firstly, it puts you ahead of everyone else who didn't market. Uh, two, allows you to gather crucial information about your audience. And three, it sets up uh, expectations for, uh, well, we'll talk about what for, but uh, yeah. So firstly, <clears throat> the first point was that it puts you ahead of everyone. So as I said uh, on a previous episode, I don't remember what that episode was or what I was talking about, but <laughs> I said something about, um, oh, it was the uh, one where I analyzed the ICO newsletter. Uh, I went through, it was like a case study about first, uh, the games released uh, the week that I, uh, that that podcast came out. I don't remember, I still don't remember what the grand topic was, but yeah, that one. I said, I showed that, most of the games there did not market their games, and they also were did not receive many reviews, which means they didn't receive many sales, or they were just not interesting enough to do anything with it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's evident from that that most games don't actually market themselves. So even it's like rel- relative to the total amount of games you see put, I remember I referenced a number. I don't remember what it is. Steam has a massive amount, uh, massive amount of games that are put on it every single day, it's ridiculous, but most of them don't even do a single bit of marketing, or at most, they, they just tell their friends or something like that and expect success or something. That doesn't happen that, that way. So I think a common misconception is that Steam will do the marketing for you. This is not true, or any other public, any other platform for games. This sort of will, but you have to get the ball rolling for them. So. You know, there are so many games released every week. Why would they market yours specifically? They only have so much room on their front page and uh, other advertising spots that they need. To, they need some way to choose, and they choose based on essentially guessing whether your thing, your game, will be popular. And they do that. Well, Steam does that with wish lists, for example. I'm going to be talking in the context of Steam because it's the most common platform and the most accessible in terms of how easy it is to get your game on it. Well, I mean, technically there are easier platforms like Itch, but I guess that's uh, it's less popular, All right? So <laughs> both popularity and ease of access. There are too many games for them to market, so in order to get yourself on the front page, you have to gain wish lists, and the only way for you to gain wish lists are for people to know about your game to begin with. So that's one reason for marketing. You know, uh, that puts you ahead of everyone else who didn't do that, who has two wish lists from you know their mom and their dad, essentially, and maybe themselves. <laughs> you also get people to recognize your game. So I don't remember where I found this out from, but uh, it's something like the more familiar people are with your product, the more likely they are to buy it. And that's like why advertising works like uh, TV advertising 100%. of just 
showing you some item, right? And you might be like, well, that's not effective. I don't want to buy the item any right now. Like, this is not useful. But maybe one day you need this item. And you're looking through the, the store aisle and you see the brand you saw on TV. And subconsciously, you'll be drawn to it to buy it, whether or not it's the best product, actually. So getting people to see your game is prior to it actually releasing is a lot better than people just seeing it for the first time on release. Okay, and on to my second point, I said it allows you to gather crucial information about your audience. So one way of, of marketing is to do a devlog of some sort, so posting development updates as you work on the game, essentially. So you know, you implement a new feature, you post it on some social media, for example. So yeah, so let's say let's say you do this on Reddit, where you have multiple different subreddits with their own topics. So you can sort of post, you can cross-post to different subreddits and stuff like that. And you can see what the reception is on, on different types of subreddits. And this sort of gives you uh, a reading on what your audience is like uh, for, for this for your particular game, right? And sometimes it's very hard to determine a target audience. So you make a game with an audience in mind, but you're not 100% sure if the target audience will actually like this. Maybe it's a bit, you know, a bit different than you think. Uh, so this will sort of solidify what your target audience actually is. And if you really don't like, if maybe... Uh, you're making some, say, sandbox game, and they didn't, I don't know if art or slash sandbox exists, but let's assume it does. They didn't really like it there, but they liked it on, I don't know, r slash strategy, for example. Well, either you can just pivot it so that you're emphasizing the strategy aspects of it, or you can just be like, okay, let's, let's tone down on the strategy stuff. Let's figure out why they don't like the sandbox elements as much um, and work from there. It's worth noting that you also have to account for the fact that certain subreddits are more popular than others, so you can't just be like, oh, I have more upvotes in this one subreddit, that means it's more for this type of audience. You know, if, if you have a subreddit of one person versus a million people, obviously you should expect more upvotes from the one with a million people <laughs> in it. So be careful for stuff like that. Um, or you might even have audiences where I imagine that certain subreddits are more likely to upvote your thing just because of the type of person they might include. So comparing yourself to other posts within the subreddit will be a good gauge of how you're doing with that kind of community. So. Another part of gaining information is to also post on different platforms. This will show you what platform is most effective for you. Uh, you know, different platforms have different specialties uh, within them. So if you are doing a lot of image-based things, you know, I would say Twitter is probably not the place to go necessarily. Uh, Twitter is not really known for images, I guess, necessarily. Uh, you know, something like, like Reddit or Instagram or something like that uh, tends to work a lot better with images or videos, too. And this is useful for knowing when you're actually releasing the game as well. Like, where do you where do you push harder, hardest? Because you only you know you have those twenty the twenty four hours after you release the game where you should in theory be working your butt off to get this thing get the ball rolling so you can be front paged as long as possible. Where do you target most? What platform are you going to be working on? Because you only have you know so much time, and you can't be doing everything at the same time you know unless you have a huge team in which case you probably don't need this advice <laughs> so as well devlogs will let you let the audience solve problems for you so let's say you can, you can come up with some cool ideas for your game that maybe you didn't think of before especially if your game is an early stage where feature creep really isn't that big of a problem you need to worry about although yeah be careful during late the later stages of of uh game development where you know you're almost done or you're polishing maybe you're in halfway you don't want to take on every suggestion you think is a cool idea because then you'll never finish the game and it might seem sort of unfocused on many different aspects uh, because you just took everyone's suggestions. As well, um, the, your audience will, or not your audience yet, I guess, but people who uh, see your 
your stuff posted will scrutinize your games in ways that you did not think to scrutinize it yourself. They might notice things that are off with the game that because you've been working with it so off so much and you sort of sometimes you get used to certain things. So uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but yeah, if you're constantly if you're making your own game, you're constantly playtesting it, not necessarily for the purpose of testing if it's a good game, but maybe you're just trying to fix a bug, right? You need to play through this section over and over and over again to, you know, testing to see if the bug's been fixed or whatever, whatever. And you sort of get used to certain aspects of your game. You sort of become numb to them, and they may not be good aspects of your game. So showing it to, to brand new people uh, can, you know, it's good to get a sort of outside view of what's going on from your very unique vantage point of having worked with it so much. And their their view is going to align a lot more with uh, what what's actually the truth, probably. And my third point was that sets up some expectations uh, for how your game will do. So you can better guess how many people will buy your copy or buy buy copies of your game, or if it'll just flop entirely. So you know if if, if you deem that no one is really interested in your game, you can try to get your you can try to pivot your game to something to be you know new or you can abandon it altogether especially if you're at the start at the start it's 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 great actually <laughs> usually you should do this uh, as early as possible because at the start you have the most time to pivot you have nothing's really baked in at this at this time and at the same time abandoning it isn't a big cost you didn't spend months necessarily on this game so it's good to just try to advertise as you do say your minimum viable product or something like that the the initial the initial part of marketing is is just as important as the, as the end the initial part will give you more feedback, more important feedback, I think, about the general way your game is going, but the end will be what gets you gets people to buy your game. Because if you only advertise in the beginning, people are not necessarily going to remember uh, your game. And I can remember to, you know, go and wishlist it whenever whenever you put it on Steam and stuff like that. Uh, as well, being able to estimate how many copies your game will how many how many copies your game will sell is useful for determining your budget. So if you think your game will sell, you know, thousand dollars a thousand dollars worth of copies then you can adjust your budget accordingly maybe higher or lower depending on what you thought originally make ten thousand dollars whatever uh i understand this is a very hard thing to do it's not like you can just be like oh i got like you know 100 upvotes that means you know i don't know 50 buys you know it doesn't really work like that but <laughs> uh at least you know if you're getting some upvotes you know you'll make more than zero dollars probably so you can be a bit more uh, a bit a bit less cautious about spending money on your game and you can also guess how to get a price for your game. So this is kind of weird because you know, I would say that yeah, with the interest of your game, as that increases, you should make your game a higher price. And I don't really know too much about pricing your game, but like what I always notice is that like it doesn't really follow a sort of interest versus uh, well, sort of. It doesn't it doesn't really follow a, a quality versus price graph entirely for all games, right? I think I made I poked fun of this before that like games are either like thirty dollars or sixty dollars and there's no in between or free and there's not really much in between um, because I don't know it's just I guess people will buy it for some reason uh, <laughs> like that or uh, you know the fact that some games are pushed to sixty dollars and no one will buy a cent more than that for whatever reason so but people will will totally buy your sixty dollars even sixty dollars game even if it's worth fifty dollars weird stuff like that so. Maybe you shouldn't necessarily believe uh, or trust what you see in the results of your advertising for your prices. Maybe there's some weird game industry math you need to do to figure it out and round to the nearest thirty dollars, essentially, or something like that. Those are the three points for why you need to market. So, <clears throat> how do you market? There was a 
I did mention before the devlog idea. Uh, you know, it might you might be able to see a lot of devlogs, but I don't think it's saturated yet, and not even close to the the target audience for devlogs. Depends what kind of devlog you're doing too. If you're doing YouTube, I agree entirely. What's that? I agree entirely. Like the gaming game gaming devs don't they don't uh, understand the value of like you know generally speaking of uh, documenting the prog- progress their progress publicly. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people uh, are afraid of their ideas being stolen. This is like a irrational fear of many, many, many indie developers, uh, including myself. Uh, Same. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have this idea. Will someone really go, wow, that's such a great idea that out of all ideas, I want to take yours. I want to hopefully make it before you make it. <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, especially if you're very vague about your ideas. I mean, they can make a game that's similar, but it's not the same, you know, and that might be fine. That's really assuming that they actually steal steal your idea. What's more likely to happen is you make your game, then they steal it because they see the success, uh, which happens, which is annoying, but happens a lot in the uh, uh, mobile game market where people will make, you know, their $2 games, which are fairly easy to copy. And so someone will just copy it, uh, put it literally, you know, just change change some textures. Hopefully, no one notices. People will notice anyways. And uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. But yeah, you won't. You probably won't get your game uh, stolen though by just spouting ideas out mid development. Probably not. It also shows that you're serious about it, so you're giving them some competition. But uh, yeah, so I think on YouTube, it's it's maybe a bit more saturated. I still wouldn't say you know nearly completely saturated, but it's a bit more of a worry because. When you go to YouTube, you're really looking for like you have like to watch a YouTube video is a lot more of an investment than watching a Reddit video because a Reddit video is only so long. You know, a YouTube video can be fairly long. Right. Uh, and well, up until recently, YouTube hasn't been really used that much for super short form content like Reddit. But I guess things are changing. So maybe maybe you can you can try to invade that space if no one has done that currently, which I'm not really sure of any uh, any. Um, what do you call them devlogs that uh, use YouTube shorts. I only watch devlogs from like you know the normal YouTube stuff. <laughs> so you should oh, maybe do it. there's a big space there. Huh? You should do it. Yeah, I'll talk at the end about why I don't do this. <laughs> but uh yeah. Uh, do you have you seen people doing like you know indie indie game developers doing things like uh, Kickstarter, GoFundMe, like Patreon, you know, like rewards and like that kind of stuff, people supporting oh. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Patreon's fairly pretty common on YouTube for, for people who do devlogs. Kickstarter is, I think, an underused thing as well. It's like does it, it doesn't cost it doesn't cost you anything to start a Kickstarter, right? As far as I'm aware, uh, but the the possible gains are hu- like they're they're humongous. People will pay a lot of money for things stuff that's quite frankly crap. Like, uh, or like things that are like, you're like, you look at that and you're like, why did you actually spend money on that? But if you have an actual good idea, right, that maybe you can actually make more money than the thing that doesn't even look good to begin with, right? Yeah, I would uh, definitely recommend Kickstarter if, you know, if you know what to do with the money. Obviously, if you're just making some small passion project where you don't intend to spend any money at all because you're doing everything yourself and it's more about having fun and stuff like that and you're not really looking to make too much money or whatever or make a living out of it. And Kickstarter, it might be more work, you know what I'm saying? Because then you have to hire people, and it's like, okay, if I didn't even want to do this to begin with, <laughs> what's the point? But 
Yeah, people use Kickstarter, but not enough people use Kickstarter. Patreon's pretty common, though, for uh, YouTube devlog folks. But there are not that many of them to begin with, so relative to the uh, whole audience of people who could be watching them. So, uh, yeah, the really good thing about devlogs is that they're applicable to every social media platform, essentially. doesn't matter which platform you're on. As, you know, you just, need to, it's just, you just need to be able to send some information about your game and how it's going. Whether it be an image, some text, a uh, video, um, that being said, images and videos tend to work very well relative to text because, you know, as the saying goes, an image is, uh, is worth a thousand words or whatever it is. You can, it's a lot easier to convey a game. Oh, like, let's take an example. Very long time ago, one of the earlier podcast episodes, I was reviewing a game called The Spectrum Retreat. And I struggled to explain the exact mechanic of the game because it's a very simple mechanic. It is extraordinarily simple. But putting that into words is extremely difficult. If I showed you like five seconds, you'd probably understand exactly what's happening <laughs> versus me rambling on for like, like, you know, a minute trying to explain something and not even doing a good job of it. So for games, especially being able to just show a video of your core mechanic or something is a lot better than explaining it. And especially because it's a lot less uh, brain intensive to just look at the screen a video of something someone doing something than to read a thing and try to understand okay what are you trying to say <laughs> what is the thing he's actually like doing you know uh, whereas the video is literally exactly what you would see if you're playing a video game right so in theory you want your player to understand what's happening in their in, while they're playing the game right which means the video people would be able to understand what's happening uh, versus you know a paragraph about about your your mechanics and whatnot so you know of course aside from mechanics you can also post stuff like artwork being done which you can't really convey in text unless it's a i don't know maybe a uh, text-based game or something like that and uh, other progress like that so yeah use images and videos if possible text is not the greatest but it'll do for shorter things and the great thing about social media is social media will advertise for you if you're doing you know pushing out good content so you know, let's take Reddit, for example. If you start getting upvotes, then it pushes you to the top of the uh, Reddit page or the subreddits page, which is sort of advertising for you. That's sort of what you want, right? Because, you know, you're advertising, so that's something advertises for you. It's just like exponential gain, essentially. And it's sort of what you wish Steam would do for you, right? That's, that's, that's The whole goal is just to be free of advertising, essentially, and have something else do it for you. So, you know, at the start, the initial goal is for Steam to put you on the front page so you don't have to, you can just you know, lay back and do nothing and watch the money roll in. But uh, before you have to, before you do that, you need to get an audience. And to get an audience, you can have uh, social media do that for you. So, you know, say on Instagram, if you have a public page, you post images and people start liking them or whatever. You need, you know, initial following, just have your friends be like, hey, follow my page, thanks. And then once you do that, it'll start appearing in people's like recommendeds or whatever it's called on Instagram. Uh, I'm sure it works the same on other platforms too. So, yeah, as long as you're pushing out good content, then social medias will just do uh, a lot of the heavy, heavy lifting for you, especially YouTube and YouTube Shorts, I guess. So, you know, aside from devlogs, you can also do partnerships with figures in gaming. So, I guess you can call them influencers, if you will. Uh, so, for example, giving out free Steam keys is a good idea upon release. What do you What are you losing? You're losing one copy, one possible. You don't even know they're going to buy the game. You lose one sale, but you also gain their exposure to their whole audience, which may be thousands of people or even millions, uh, depending on who it is. Um, and, you know, out of thousands, you just need one person to buy the game to recoup your costs, which is not not very hard. <laughs> as long as your game is good, right? That's pretty much it for what I have to say. 
uh, trying to think of other methods you can. Oh yeah, yeah. also giving it to uh, you can give it to like news and news outlets for for review essentially and stuff like that. But that's not really news is not new, gaming news is not uh, as consumed as it was uh, before. It's not as important, I guess I should say. Uh, but it's definitely something you should do because once again, it costs nothing. Oh, one thing I should say is that none of this costs anything except time. So if you have time, you should, uh, one, you should do this. <laughs> and two, you should, don't like, don't be afraid of getting a rejection because it only costs a time, which obviously for some people is worse than other, other people, right? So send emails to people if you need to. And even if even if it looks like a long shot, even if it looks like a one percent chance you'll get what you want, just do it anyways. Because what are you losing? You know, I mean, obviously it doesn't mean like you know you should you know maybe email PewDiePie and be like, hey, play this game because I mean you're gonna get lost in his emails probably. But <laughs> emailing you know, other streamers who are you know of of a uh, smaller size, I guess not small, but not PewDiePie levels of you know largest gaming YouTuber. Even emailing like I don't know, emailing other companies to do partnerships and stuff like that. I mean, the worst they can say is no, right? And that's it. <laughs> you lose nothing from it. Um, but yeah, yeah. To, to address the earlier thing about why I don't do this, uh, yeah, it's incredibly. What you say? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah, it's incredibly hard to be clear. <laughs> it is an incredibly uh, time-consuming endeavor because you can't you can't really stop, or you can stop, but you know, a lot of this is based on momentum. Uh, social media platforms. Are a lot of them are momentum based in a way where if you just drop off the face of the earth, it's going to be harder to start up. As well, it's also part of the you have to get in the habit of doing it. So that's also a mental thing, not even just like that's something that's hard to control. You know, <laughs> that once you stop, you have to be like oh, you know, they really want to start again. They have to start again because or else the thing you did before is, is useless. As well, you don't even know if you're going to release the game necessarily. Like if you're if you don't know, and that's a very tough thing to do because you're potentially well, you shouldn't promise that the game is going to be released first off. But you might be giving the impression that you're you're promising that the game will be released, and all of a sudden you upset a bunch of people if you didn't actually do that. That being said, if your game is worth releasing, then or if your game is not worth releasing, so you don't want to release it, then that should be a problem because you're gonna your audience is gonna be like two people, so it's not that bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, essentially it's very hard to do, but. If you want to be an indie dev, it's better to do it sooner than later because the long, the longer you wait, the less the the harder it's going to be because you're going to end up with less time. You know, if you, you know, currently I'm in college, right, which is time consuming in some sense, but okay, when when I get out of college, I have a job, and then I have a job to have to travel to my job, like hours on a drive, right? It's not like I live in a city where I can just walk out of walk out of an apartment and my job's right there, you know. And family, and it's like, ooh, wow! Now I only have maybe weekends to work. For example, that's really bad <laughs> relative to now, where I can work pretty much any day. Maybe not for a long time. Maybe you know, depending on the day, I'd be super busy. But you know, I'm not confined to a few days like some people might be. So, so if you're if you're if you're watching this and you haven't even been to college, dude, start please. <laughs> I'm thinking, Agreed. <laughs> like, you'll you'll oh. That depends on what college you go to, to be clear. But uh, if you like, there's some colleges that are a lot less demanding than other ones. So if you end up going to a uh, minimal work college, then, or if you don't end up going to college at all, then maybe uh, you know, maybe it's not so bad. But uh, yeah, be careful of, uh, of of time because you know you lose it forever, and you lose that you lose that part of your life where you had time forever essentially, which is not good. Yeah. So uh, 
yeah, I should I should probably start doing this. It's just extraordinarily hard <laughs> to uh, get into it. I've actually brainstormed different types of content. Uh, I even had a uh, audio only idea for YouTube Shorts with uh, messing with synthesizers and just a. Uh, I even made a bunch of accounts in the case, you know, reserved in case, you know, because one of the annoying things is that all the good account names are taken. <laughs> so I made sure to reserve that one just in case I ended up using it. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll do that. I don't know. So it's a lot to think about. I 100% sympathize. I quit my job. I'm doing my stuff full time. And I still like, you know, I was on like a schedule with my posts and stuff on my social media accounts and everything. And I was like putting in the work and I was getting rewarded for it. It worked. So I got some business in return. The problem is, is once I got the business in return, it kind of crunched my time and crunched out that part of time I had, like disrupted my schedule for posting all of my other stuff and like being super active. Now, since then, I've been going, okay, when will be the time? When will be the time? And part of the part of the reason I, I wanted to do a podcast like this was to force, you know, you know, I mean, all of us is good for all of us, right? You know, force us to keep putting our names out there consistently in some way, you know, um, even if it's like a little bit more simple off the cuff. I mean, it's just a different kind of content, right? But I would love to be putting out a YouTube video every week, you know, but right now it feels like it's impossible, even though the returns I know would be very good, especially because I do this for other people. It's kind of strange in that way, but, you know. Also, a weird thing is that, it feels incredibly like lonely in a way, you know, because yes. you're the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you don't have a team to work with. And if you want a team as an indie dev, dude, good luck. It's hard because it's not that, it's not that there are people who won't do it. It's that most people don't want what you want. It's not, not that the, okay, not necessarily that the vision, that the vision is different. That is one thing that the vision for your game might be different, but like they, oh, sorry if you need a phone ring, but <laughs> they, uh, they might not want like, like they don't, might not want the company, you know what I'm saying? They might not be that invested, you know. Might be like, oh, I know, I'll, I'll be part of your team and be a, I don't know, programmer, artist, whatever. And you find out two months in, they're like, this is hard, dude. I think I'm gonna quit. And it's like, come on, bro, <laughs> can't be quitting here. Well, this is your, this is your dream, you know. But it's not their dream. They're just there because they thought they're being nice and stuff, you know. <laughs> just wanted to help you out. So yeah, it's hard to, yeah, doing it alone is like, it, it's tough. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's incredibly lonely. It's incredibly yeah. lonely. Yeah, I remember um, uh, this guy who was a uh, who was a YouTuber. This is interesting because this is the opposite of what I'm saying, actually. So uh, whatever, take it, make of it what you will. But as a YouTuber, I can't remember his name. He was a fairly well known game developer YouTuber Thomas Rush. I think his name is. Uh, he says he said uh, like I think he quit his job. I can't remember, or maybe he's working part time and he's doing game dev the other the other half, but. You know, he had a wife, and then he had kids, and then essentially he was like, "I can't fail anymore because I have kids now, and like, there's literally no other option." You know, <laughs> is either I succeed or I'm like, I am a failure to the greatest extent, <laughs> essentially. So, you know, there's something to be said about like, okay, I'm not saying dangle your children as a sort of like carrot for you to like <laughs> <for you> to <laughs> chase after, but I'm saying if you are in a situation where the pressure is high that might make you perform better or maybe worse. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying interesting observation. I'm not telling you what to do there, <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> I remember also, but there's someone else uh, on a GDC talk and he said essentially like, like, you know, 
when I started doing when he started doing game dev, he he said in hindsight he he had to neglect his children and he was like, oh, I wasn't good, but like he you know it was one of the things where he was like he was just trying to finish his stuff you know and with the time because I think he had a job at that point right and it's like that's tough you know <laughs> so I guess it's I don't know I guess it depends on who you are and but don't don't play with your children please that was it's just that you know <laughs> I didn't mean it that way yeah the thing I'd like to say is I think what happens. I think the the way this positively works out for you, if you uh, if you're if you're thinking of myself, if you're thinking of yourself, well, you know, this sounds too difficult, and um, you know, I, I have too much in the way. I don't want to sacrifice these things. I think the positive way to look at it, as to how it can be, how to say what you just said, you know, purely constructively, is you have to become more mature. That's like, and that's what ends up being the thing that has to happen, right? Like you have to be mature enough to be able to say, I'm not going to um, spend as many hours on YouTube, right? I'm not going to, you know, you're going to have to cut, like if you're, if, if you want to, if you want to have a child and, and uh, have a family and, and still do all this stuff, that's amazing, but you're going to have to grow up like extremely quickly under that pressure and what you don't want that pressure to be is like something negative, right? You don't want to view your child as like, ah, that's that's the thing that's stopping me from that's terrible, right? <laughs> but instead, more like a reason to mature, if that makes sense, you know, um, and uh, put your priorities in order. Yeah, I think a good technique that I'm using is just think about what is the consequence of not doing it, right? And do you want to live in a world where you didn't do it essentially by by a certain time, really? Because the consequence of just not doing it is. It's hard because, uh, like, without a time constraint, because uh, it's kind of, it's sort of, you know, people tend to not live as if their life is finite, essentially. So if you put a very close deadline of, like, not very close, I mean, you know, maybe within a couple of years, for example, and say, okay, the, the, the alternative is I will have to do this, for example, all right? For me, it's like, I have to go through, like, three more years of college. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here. It costs a lot of money, costs a lot of time. It's a lot of stress. If I am able to you know, become like financially financially stable before then, then, that's not required anymore. So, yeah. And also, I have to you know work a job where it might not be pleasant. Essentially, that's also <laughs> also a thing. But yeah, makes sense to me. Is that it? Yeah, that's all I have to say.